Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us here at We Watched a Thing. How are you, Billy? I'm not too bad, Tove. How are you doing? Oh, fine. Thanks, mate. And what did you do with your tape? Look, I didn't not go to the brewery. <laughs> Who didn't see that coming? What else does Topher do with a day off? Was was there any sport on? Yeah, actually. Watched watch some sport, went to the movies, went to the microbrewery. It was it was peak peak Topher. That's, that sounds like a great day, actually. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, what did you see at the movies? I saw Us. Oh, I saw Us the other day. I saw that. That's really good because that is what we're going to talk about, isn't I it? I needed to see it for, for this episode, <laughs> so so I did. All right. Us is a 2019 American horror film written and directed by Jordan Peele. Stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, Shahadi Wright-Joseph, Evan Alex, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim Heidecker. Uh, it's currently, I believe, or at least was, the biggest film in America last week. And uh, what's it about, Tove? Um, it's about reasons not to go into weird rides at the fair. Because <laughs> shit'll go pear-shaped. Yeah. That's it. So- like, well, no, no other subtext to it or anything. That's it. <laughs> now, when we spoke about this last week, I said that I had read some reports saying that it was as good, if not better, than Get Out. And you were saying that, no, you had, you had heard that it was, it was good, but not Get Out level good. Yes. What side of the fence are you on after seeing the film? Uh, the reports that I had heard. So you you are not on as on board with this as you were with Get Out? No, nah, it's not Get Out. Dude, I think it's better. Well, I'd love to be shocked, but you have a questionable taste in film, so. <laughs> I loved Get Out. As you remember, it was in my top five films of 2017. I thought this was such a bloody good film. Cool. Now, you, though, are not a horror fan. We know this about you. Not into it. Not my thing. Not my jam. Was this too scary for you or was it gleeful enough? Nah, this was okay. And happily enough, there is enough. Glee- not, 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 in a, um, not in an Evil Dead 2 kind of gleefulness, just a no, yeah. Jordan Peele sort of gleefulness. That's right. Yeah, I'd say that there's, there's not as much kind of... It's not what you'd call a gleeful horror in that it's not having fun with the genre as such, but there is a lot of comedy elements in there. And that, that to me, I feel like this is just kind of on a larger scale than Get Out. Like, Get Out was a very, it was a much smaller story. This is really, really large. Like, there's a lot to get into here, and I feel like it has more horror, it has more comedy. It's just kind of a bigger scale feel. Interesting. I find it quite an insular small film in a lot of ways. Really? Wow. Yeah. There you go. The difference of opinions. <laughs> it's what makes the world go round. It's not really. <laughs> but we can still all hold murderous hands and <laughs> cross a country. Because <laughs> yeah. um, my wife was terrified in this film. Yeah, right. She didn't like it. Like, I would- I think- I think she would say that she can appreciate it, but she certainly didn't enjoy the viewing. We, we saw this on date night and <laughs> she was so mad at me afterwards because she, it, it terrified her. You're a dud date. Yeah, I'm a terrible date. <laughs> you know, one thing that can, one thing, if, if ever you're really scared by a movie, one thing you can do, and it, it doesn't, okay, it doesn't really work, but you can try it at least. 
is you start going for the bad guys because then you're like, I don't care if there's something around this corner. La-di-da-di-da, go baddies. That's actually the reason that that could work in this movie is that they have a fucking My Family sticker on their car. (laughs) Right at the beginning, I was like, you done messed up. See, those stickers terrify me ever since Dexter. I don't know if you watched Dexter, but there's this episode- Because John Lithgow, um, famously of Cliffhanger, plays That is how a, people know him. Yeah, he plays he plays a serial killer in Dexter. He's terrifying in the role. Is there anyone in Dexter that doesn't play a serial killer? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but there's this one episode where he's stalking this family- and uh, he knows their names by the My Family sticker on the back of the car. So, he goes up to the kids and he's like, oh, you know, your parents, Jack and Judy, they blah, blah, blah. And he just, like, takes the kids, kills them. It it's, terrifies the shit out of me, those stickers. Uh, but, I mean, also in this film, you could argue, like, I don't know, by the end, did you find yourself wondering who is the good guy, who is the bad guy? No, nah, Or for you, really. it, was just, it was just the people doing the murdering. Yeah. Don't murder. <laughs> Great cast. Oh, geez. The casting was good, wasn't it? Lupita Nyong'o, uh, she smashed this role. She's a boss. I, in, in reading up after the film, I found out that her and Duke were classmates together. At, really? Like, at, like, drama school. Wow. Because he was also fantastic. I, I think he was one of the highlights for me. He was just stole every scene he was in. He was fantastic. As he did in Black Panther. Yes, yes, he was excellent at that. And i got to say, we've had our gripes about child actors in the past. I thought both these kids were bloody phenomenal. Really solid. Really, really, really solid. I've never seen The, the Little Dude before. Uh, the girl is from This Is Us, which is kind of a trash show, but I watch it anyway. And, like, I did not expect a performance of this level out of her based on that soapy piece of crap. Both her actual character and her, her tether- Yes. Like, her tether was proper scary. That yeah. fucking smile. Yes. I mean, that that was- that. I mean, it must have been so much fun as an actor to get that duality. You know, like, Elizabeth Moss. Oh, the walking treasure that is Elizabeth Moss. Oh, God. I mean, we, we could talk all episode about Elizabeth Moss. Love her. <laughs> but, like, just such a banging cast in this film and just so perfectly executed. Do you like the fact that, that Winston Duke's um, the, the tether of, of Daggy Dad makes, like, a bunch of sort of quite ape-like sounds? <laughs> it's like- <laughs> Bit of a Black Panther throw? <laughs> yeah, it's like, he did it, he did it. It was really cool when you did this in Black Panther. <laughs> this, is, this is less cool. <laughs> but, I mean, poor guy, he doesn't know how to speak. No, he doesn't know how to speak. <laughs> Um, I, I have seen a lot of uh, negative criticism of the film, actually, like more than I thought I would. Like, given the rave reviews on um, from critics, whenever I look up the kind of audience reaction, I'm surprised at like how negative a lot of them are. I've been very surprised at how many people it seems didn't like the movie, thought it was uh, dull, thought it was predictable. A, a lot of criticism I've seen is that it's basically just a one big long Twilight Zone episode and would be better as an episode of the Twilight Zone. And we do know that Jordan Peele is, he's rebooting Twilight Zone. You could definitely see that working. You could see it working, but I, like I could also see this being an extra half hour. Like I was so engaged by this film from the very first 
scene. I just thought it was so well executed and was really into the plot. How did, I mean, where were you on the plot itself? What plot? What do you mean? Well, like, one, th- one thing I'm really surprised that you say you think it could be a half hour longer because in terms of, like, there's, com- there's plenty of confrontation in the film, there's not much of a narrative. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. Like, there's subtext and there's commentary, but that's not the same as story. Yes and no. Like, yeah, there's a lot of subtext and commentary. Um, like, there's no other goal for, the ma- for our main characters other than stay alive. That's true, but you don't feel like there's story peppered in? Like, okay, yeah, there are full segments of the film where story doesn't matter. Like, yes, that entire middle part of the film where, for example, Elizabeth Moss family gets, you know, knifed and then they turn up and, and there's a good portion there where they are just trying to survive. But peppered in that is a lot of character development and intrigue around, you know, what is actually happening. You didn't I'm, feel that no, I, I totally agree with you with character, for sure. But it's not like there's a, okay, what's what's the goal? What have we got to overcome to get there? You know, that kind of, which I'm not saying is a good or bad thing. I'm just saying I don't feel that there is one. I mean, I guess I hadn't really thought of it that way. I was so engaged by that. I mean, I've always been more into, you know, character-driven stories than I have plot-driven stories, I guess. Hence your love of um, Skyscraper. <laughs> There's a lot of development going on in that. I can't deny it. <laughs> no, you know, like, things. I've always been a giant fan of Lost. And a lot of people, for some reason, really hate Lost. And one of the things they go on about is, is the story. But what Lost did so well was the that rounded character development. You know, and for me, that was always enough. And I guess I just felt the same watching this, that I was so into, you know, the intrigue of who these characters were, what was going on, and especially what was the deal with the tethers, that I, I guess I didn't really- I'm with you. I, fi- I find it really enjoyable, but- I'm just like, I don't know what you do with another half hour. I guess just explore more. Just explore more, I guess. just it, The world building in the film, I thought, was just so insanely well done. Like the Goonies VHS. Oh, mate, there are some bloody great Easter eggs. Oh, God knows how deep it goes. Oh, so as soon as the film opened, yes, there's the Goonies VHS. Right next to it, there's Chud. Now, I don't know if you know what Chud is. It's cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. <laughs> I kept thinking of the um, the mutants in Futurama a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Chud, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. I just thought that was so just such a clever little Easter egg there right out the get-go. And it's just that opening shot when just the TV and then when it cuts to black in between the commercials and you see her reflection, I, ju- I th- just thought the filmmaking was outstanding. Yeah, and th- this, was, this was there in Get Out as well. His ability and I'm- I- Forgot to check, actually, who the director of photography was and whether it was the same person on both Get Out and this. But together, their ability to make images that just grab you- Oh, yes. Is just off the chart. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think in Get Out about that insanely well-known shot of Chris Kaluuya just with his eyes open when he's kind of sinking into, you know, and that kind of visual imagery just- is so strong and Peel really, really nails that again here. I just think the look of this film and some of the subtext you get just from shots alone with no other background to them is just insane. Not only the the shot composition is is great, uh, the lighting's kick-ass as well. Stuff they do with with people's faces in otherwise 
really dark frames is bloody great. And um, there may not be anybody else on the planet like Lupita Nyong'o whose face will just soak up light and just do things with it that no other person can do. As we were saying about the comparison to Get Out, I think we saw a lot of that there. And I think that Jordan Peele has really shown that he's developed his own style and he is starting to perfect it. I mean, I thought that Get Out was near perfect anyway. I think he's just shown us that he's going to just continue developing as a director and as a writer. I just think it was brilliant. And I think it's cool that he, because he had a lot of offers coming his way post Get Out. Yeah. And- I I kind of dig the decision to just be like, ah, no, nah, I've got another idea. It's not a massive thing, but yeah. I think it's going to be cool, so I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah. I hope he continues. He And, like, I hope he continues with horror, to be honest. I don't. I don't like being scared. <laughs> but you found this one all right, you said. You weren't you weren't too scared. Yeah. There is just. a lot there is a lot of humor peppered in though, but I did find that it was really well balanced. It's it's funny, like we were saying about, you know, the gleefulness of it. I find that the scary parts are scary. The comedy doesn't undercut the horror, I find. Yeah, I, I almost burst out laughing when she like towards the end of the film when she goes back into the kind of hall of mirrors and just belts the crap out of that owl. Yes. I was I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. That was not hilarious. an actual owl. Cause did did be honest, did the owl jump scare you? Did you did you jump? The first time? Yeah. Not like you when we were watching whatever that piece of crap was last year. <laughs> Insidious the last key. Yes. <laughs> See, because I did I didn't jump at the owl, but my wife literally jumped out of her seat <laughs> yeah and so that's why it was so great when she demolished that owl because you're almost like you're feeling vindicated as well like yeah fuck you owl <laughs> i know <laughs> fuck that owl yeah. <laughs> um do you know what else is brilliant in any horror film is the jason walk <laughs> which the which the little girl tether does one goes bombing <laughs> off up the street million miles an hour yeah, future future Olympian. She's gone. <laughs> Tether walks after her, and obviously, next time we see them, she's in front of her. I know. Don't they actually say that the little girl is a track runner? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but track runner is is no good up against the Jason walk. No, you can't. You can't beat the Jason walk. You just can't. Speaking of Jason, it's, I love that little nod that the boy's name is Jason and he always wears a mask. It would be. It'd be a fun film. To watch for a second time, just to see how many how many crumbs does Peel actually leave for you? Uh, well, let's get to that then. Let's talk about the tethers. And I guess anyone, anyone who listens to this show, and if it's your first time, sorry, we, we spoil shit. But let's get into the twist of this. Did you see it coming? No. I did. I figured it out really, really early, actually. And for me, it was the fact that she could talk. And I, I do think that there are a lot more crumbs hidden than that just all the way throughout the film that hint at to what is happening. Yeah, well, she Adelaide starts wearing this white shirt, which progressively gets redder and redder as the film goes on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there is definitely a lot of, um, a lot of little hints there. But yeah, for me, I did figure it out, but I was still happy with the outcome. And I was still- I still had questions at the end. Like, I guess for me, my big question, which, I mean, you might have an opinion on this, is had had Adelaide wiped it from her memory? Did she know that she was the, like, had she, did she believe she was the original Adelaide? I suspect she did believe that she's Adelaide. 
because she seemed kind of, I mean, she seemed surprised. Yeah. And she was like, hang on, I'm from the nightmare sequence of the queen in the favourites place. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was wondering if Olivia when Coleman I, was just going to pop up at some I point. I know, when I saw all those bunnies, I was like, wow, this is our second great film this year with just a ton of bunnies in it. That would have been the best thing to ever happen in a movie ever <laughs> if Olivia <laughs> Coleman had been there. Do you, do you find it satisfying, the the twist with Adelaide? Um, I... I did. I mean, as I said, I saw it coming, but I still, I'm glad it happened because if if it didn't, I think it would be less interesting, to be honest. Like, if that wasn't the twist, then I feel like the story itself would have been a lot less satisfying for me. So, I was I was definitely happy with it. Like, I think it's fun. I find that it kind of teetering on the brink of twist for the sake of a twist, probably the thing that just holds it back for me from going over that cliff is that tying in with the in in a very Jordan Peele way we're finding out the commentary side of the film is that that it's not so much the person but the environment yeah they share one soul and you know it would be easy to think looking at the rest of them that it's just you know the people who above are in control but yeah it's it's about that willpower and um yeah, that that you can not have a soul effectively. You can not know how to love. You can be raised in this awful environment. But if you switch places and you gain that privilege, uh, yeah, you can end up like Adelaide, a fully functional human. <laughs> and I agree. Yeah, it's all about the commentary. Um, you know, there's a lot of that in the film. Like even the fact that the only way to get, you know, down to the tunnels is a one-way escalator. <laughs> you know, like- yeah. Yeah. For young Adelaide, you know, she had to, you know, physically, like, go up a downward escalator. Like, <laughs> that That's in right. itself. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, know, you know, one step forward, two step back kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. Like, there's just so much like that going on in the film that, like, I would love to watch it a second time. Fun fact that I saw the Savo. So, where, where the film is set is also where The Lost Boys is set. Adelaide's mum at the beginning of the film, back when they're in 1986, says, oh, they're filming a movie over there. Huh. So, for lovers of blonde mullets everywhere, <laughs> cool little moment. <laughs> Particularly in the climax of the film, the score is really good. The score surprised me at times. I mean, during the opening credits, after you have that insanely tense sequence- and then the opening credits is just that slow zoom out on the bunnies in the cages with that operatic kind of score. It just like it just locks you in your seat, and it it didn't let you go. I thought the score was so perfect for this film, and not just the score, the soundtrack. I thought the use of songs themselves, and they didn't get in each other's way as they did. We were talking last week about Triple Frontier, where it was like good score, and what on earth are you doing with these needle drops? In this, they both work fantastically. Yeah, there were some fantastic moments. Uh, the Beach Boys playing when uh, Elizabeth Moss's family all gets knifed, you know, calling back to the Manson family. Right. That one went over my head. Right. Well, Ch- Charles Manson was, was friends with one of the Beach Boys. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Maybe I can find out in one of the 17 Sharon Tate movies coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And I, I, had, a, I had a big laugh at- um, 
you know, asking the uh, the Alexa knockoff to call the police, playing Fuck the Police by NWA. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so, have you seen any of the fan theories going on about how Jason the Sun is also a switched tether? Nope. Is that something that you had considered watching the film? Nope. No. Um... I definitely thought something was up, you know, at the end when him and his mum share that look. But I thought that was more just that he knew that she was a tether. Mm, Certainly it had never occurred to me that we were meant to be getting out of that that Jason was. No, no. But it's it's a huge fan theory going around the internet that, um, you know, based on a couple of things, I guess, the fact that uh, Red, the tethered Adelaide, was, was actually, you know treated that son a bit with compassion like he was the one member of the family that she spoke english to as opposed to just pointed directions at she patted him at one point um yeah i don't know there's a lot of weird kind of theories going on stuff about the magic trick i'm still not clear on exactly why we were so focused on his magic trick yeah good point yeah and i think a lot of people are pointing to that as kind of a possibility you know like he didn't remember how to do the trick because it wasn't it wasn't him tether jason was up above trying to figure out the magic trick and you know how the the shadow i guess the tether just kind of imitates them uh you know he was imitating with matches and burnt his face is is kind of like the theory that's going on um i don't know where i sit on any of that but it's an interesting theory nonetheless and i guess one of the things i like about the film is that it sparks discussion like i love you hadn't thought about yeah i'm a big fan of fan theory loopier the better Yes, definitely. <laughs> I don't so, really buy that that Red didn't kill Jason. Like they had not been no no tether had, and I, I suppose that could feed into that theory. Actually, that exactly that's one of the the reason she didn't yeah. just hesitate to stab the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, that is one of the things that kind of people point to, and I guess it does all it does all make sense. But I think that's actually more of a plot hole than a fan theory. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, in the same way that we're saying you could watch it a second time and and pick out more, you know, subtext and stuff, I think you could just as easily watch it a second time and pick out more plot holes. I bet there are plenty. If you really want to try and suck the fun out of it. Yeah. What did you make of the explanation of the tethers? I kind of could have done without it. I I also could have done without it. I just like, like, to me, there's enough of an idea of what's going on that it doesn't need to be literal. You can just. I I agree. I don't think we needed to say it was an experiment by the government or any of that crap. I I agree that I think it would have been stronger if they just left that out. No need for that. And also, the person explaining it isn't even, you know, she wasn't even born down there. She's been down there since she was seven. So how would she know, you know? Is is that just her crazy fan theory? (laughs) Yep. Like, have fan theories become so prominent that they're even in movies themselves now? Who does she think Snoke is? <laughs> I hope that's in the extended cut. <laughs> <laughs> but she won't talk about it because she set her, she had Jason set her Star Wars t-shirts on fire after The Last Jedi because she was just that entitled. Yeah, yeah. She signed plenty of petitions. <laughs> <laughs> So, all in all, where are you sitting here? Um, I'm probably a- I think I gave Get Out a seven. 
And even though I like Get Out more, I'm also a seven for this. But I was just a kind of, I suppose I'm a harder seven on Get Out. Yeah, okay. I'm a nine. And I think I was also a nine on Get Out. I, th- I think that this is as strong easily as Get Out for me. I, I just, I-, I really loved this film and I can't wait to see it again. Like I said, I love horror and I thought the horror elements were really strong. I don't think they were undercut by the comedy and I thought that was also really strong. The acting was so, like, you could watch this just for the acting alone, I think, even if you don't like the genre. There's, I, I know people are already wondering whether whether Nyong'o's name will still be floating around come next awards season. Sadly, I don't think it will. Like, it would be nice to. And I mean, I could be surprised. I was... I was surprised enough when Get Out got um, best screenplay. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that this will snag some noms. I do think we're a bit early in the year, but I mean, of what we've seen so far, this is my top of the year. If if we already couldn't wait for the next Jordan Peele post Get Out, that certainly <laughs> that's not going away. Yeah. Well, we still don't know what we're going to do next week, do we? It could be another horror. No, we okay. We do know because I got the trailer today for Pet Cemetery, and I was like. Fuck that film. Nah, yeah, because I also got the trailer and I was like, heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's not getting my money. You know what? I had a fun idea. What if we do a lucky bag, right? So what if we each get someone separate to book our ticket? They don't converse with each other and they don't tell us what we're seeing. Yeah, that's a pretty bad idea. (laughs) So you're not on board? (laughs) No. Oh, come on. That'd be fun. <laughs> Tell you what, here's here's my here's my here's my thing. Well, you're just gonna say we watch Shazam. In the next week, I'll go see Shazam. If you do the same, we can talk about it. <laughs> I think that's a pretty bad idea. <laughs> well, how about this? All right. So why don't you see both, and then you tell me which one would make a better episode? Because I'm busy with you for some of that time. That's true. Because what are we doing on Friday? Can we say? I think we should reveal. I think we should reveal. All right. All right. So as people remember, last time we took a month off in September. For a lame reason. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because my wife was having a stupid kid. We, <laughs> we did a marathon of Fast and Furious movies. We thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> we thought that was a good way to take some time off. I did not think it was a good idea, <laughs> and I stand by it. <laughs> and we are taking another month off soon because you are heading overseas on a bit of a jaunt. So to fill it in, we decided on Magic May, all eight Harry Potter movies, one sitting. It, except it won't be one sitting. <laughs> well, it, it might be, though. We're going to try. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Here's the thing. We did the math. It would be like 19 hours just for the movies. Which, when you then add in time on a microphone in between, becomes like 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. I can't do that. I'm way too old. But then we will knock out the last five on Friday. Yes, we will. And this is going to be fun. I'm excited. As with with our Furious Timber, the last two films are a drinking game. So that's what we're doing Friday. So you can look forward to that. And as for next week, I I guess we'll be doing Shazam because you're a wuss. Is that what's happening? Well, because Pet Cemetery looks like the worst thing ever. Like, just the trailer, like, the trailer was just two minutes of jump scares. I'm like, well, that not that the only point of the film anyway? So now I've seen them. Why would I pay money for this thing? Can I be honest? I'm actually with you. It didn't look very good. 
I'm a massive Stephen King fan. I love the book, loved the original film. This one didn't look good. And sad, you know what the worst bit was for me? I was really excited to see John Lithgow in that role. He didn't do a main accent. Why do I want to hear him say, you don't want to go down that road, if he's just like, you don't want to go down that road? I want to hear, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> it says something that I'm advocating for a DCEU film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Shazam it is. <laughs> So that's it. Next week will be Shazam. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you do want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Go watch a movie. I disagree completely.